0: Welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one friendly page of Talmud every day. If you're listening to this podcast, presumably, you care at least a little bit about the Talmud. And if you do, well, then it's safe to assume that you'd like to know what the best way is to study this magnificent work, this ancient repository of wisdom, law, and inspiration. Today's Dapim, Ta'anit 7 and 8, are all about that. Have a listen. And this is what Rabbi Yossi Barchanina said. What is the meaning of that which is written, a sword is upon the boasters and they shall become fools? This is from Jeremiah 50, 36. This verse, he goes on, can be interpreted homiletically. There is a sword upon the enemies of Torah scholars, a euphemism for Torah scholars themselves who sit alone and study Torah. And not only that, but those who study by themselves grow foolish from their solitary Torah study, as it is stated, and they shall become fools. Study alone and you're a fool? What a jarring sentiment for us moderns who spend so much of our time hunched over computer screens or Kindles or smartphones or even old-fashioned printed books, By ourselves, doing our best to squeeze in, you know, just a few minutes of study and reading in between cooking dinner and answering emails and catching up on the latest Netflix hit show, which is to say most of us study alone, as we do so many other things these days. And that, the Talmud is telling us, is not good at all. To explain why, permit me a brief personal story. I was 15 or 16 when I first became interested in the Talmud. I'm the descendant of a great and celebrated rabbi, Yosef Chaim Sonnenfeld, but by that point in my life, I was, let us say, a few cheeseburgers removed from the faith of my great ancestor. And I was more schooled in the intricacies of Dr. Doom and Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk than I was in the thinking of Rabbi Akiva and Rava and Yochanan ben Sakai. Still, I wanted to know more. Like some of you, maybe, I felt drawn to the Talmud, wishing I was more conversant in the text that is, after all, the very foundation of so much of Jewish life for millennia. So I did what every nerd might do. I got a book and I started reading. And, I feel comfortable enough confessing, I got very little out of it. It's not only that I didn't really understand the Aramaic, say, or had a shaky foundation for grasping the halachot or Jewish legal rulings or needed a bunch of historical context to know what's what and what was really going on in the Talmud. It's that just reading the Talmud never really made it come alive. Enter Netanel, my cousin. Even though we're more or less the same age, our lives couldn't be more disparate. Natanel is a gerer chassid, and by the time we connected, he was already married. I spent my days cutting high school and sneaking into bars and getting in trouble. He spent his days studying Torah and the yeshiva. But he's a passionate and smart guy, and he sensed that I might be one too. So he reached out to me and invited me to come to his house and study with him, which, I'll be honest, made me a little bit nervous. I went to his book line study and sat down, trepidatious. I had no idea what to expect. I knew really little about his world, so I prepared myself naturally to sit down quietly, shut up, and listen as he lectured me. But Nathaniel did no such thing. Instead, he asked questions, pausing every line or two, not only to explain a little bit about what was going on on the page, but also to pose some provocation. And before too long, We were arguing, going back and forth about our interpretations and ideas absolutely absorbed in conversation. The text was no longer just words on a page, distant and ancient and remote. It was an invitation to an argument, that most Jewish way of communicating with each other. Which, of course, is precisely what it was always meant to be. With the temple destroyed, the ancient rabbis entrusted with keeping Judaism alive had two great insights. The first was to take all the customs and traditions and practices that were no longer feasible now that the Holy of the Holies, Bet HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, had been burnt down and instead put them in a book, making sure we can carry our entire tradition, our entire religion with us anywhere we went at any time. The second genius insight was to make the book come alive by insisting that it be not merely a list of rules and laws and thou shalt nots, but a record of the great disagreements between our wisest teachers and scholars, inviting us too to step right in and join them as if no time at all had passed. And that, it turns out, is one amazing way to learn. In 2019, two Korean scholars, writing in the Journal of Problem-Based Learning, assigned groups of students to study a series of topics not at all religious, first in the traditional way, classroom, teacher, etc., and then, as Natana Lanai studied, in a chavruta, meaning pairs of two students teaching each other by grappling with a text at hand. Surprise, surprise. The chavruta method they found improved and I quote, self-directed and motivation for learning considerably. The rabbis figured that all out a while back. And in today's pages, they warn us not to succumb to the temptation of going at it alone. When it comes to the things that make us most human, loving, say, or dancing, or studying Torah, it always takes two. with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at TakeOneDafiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.